Today we've got uh, a new goal we're going to dive into. But goals are something that, that uh, we oftentimes set and they require a plan to accomplish those goals, right? Can't just say, I would like to lose 20 pounds, <laughs> but have no plan. Right? If you don't have a plan, then you're going to be sadly mistaken. You know, you're not going to make your goals. And so we know that we have to have plans and, and we should. We should have goals. We should have plans. And at the end of the day, um, the question that we, we should be asking is, what do I want from life? And there's so many answers to that. Um, we, we ponder that question. What do I want from life? What do I want from life? And we saw the last two weeks from the scriptures that when we're answering that question, what do I want from life, it should be filtered through scripture. It th- should be filtered through a biblical mindset. And we've been using the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where Paul is encouraging the church and he, he tells us, you know, we're in this earthly tent. We're in this physical body, and we're longing to be in the presence of God, but we're not there yet. And so until we get there, and he, he says in verse 9, so whether we are at home, you know, in this body, or away with Christ, until we get there, we make it our aim to please Him. We make it our aim, or that word aim could be translated goal. We make it our goal, our aim, our intent is to please Him. So we're going to ask the question, what do I want from life? We need to filter it through, and does it please God? Is it pleasing to God? No matter what our goals are as believers, we should aim to please God. Today we're going to talk about work goals. That's right, W-O-R-K, work goals. And I think when, when I'm done here today, you're going to see, oh, I'm so glad we talked about that. We're going to talk about work goals. You know, the interesting thing is when you meet somebody, typically when you meet somebody, you know, you run into them, out in the community or, or somewhere, you meet somebody, you know, there's three questions that seem to come to mind. You know, hey, what's your name, right? Although I, I have a tough time remembering names. What's your name? And then I'm listening for the rest and like, oh, my goodness, what did they say their name was? Maybe you're that way too. Uh, but what's your name? What do you do, right? And where are you from? Those are the three questions. You know, we, we, we hey, you're from around here? You're from these parts? You know, where do you stay? Where do you live? And then what do you do? What do you do? Those are always the three questions that are asked. What do you do? We like to know what people do. We expect, right? We kind of expect that people do something. And everybody does something different, but everybody's doing something. And we want to know, what do you do? What do you do? There's no such thing as I do nothing, right? I mean, you do something. And in the context of today's message, that would be considered work. What do you do for work? What do you work on? How do you work? What is work? Work is... Physical or mental effort or activity directed towards the production or accomplishment of something. Work is what you give your energy to. Work is what you give your efforts to. And just, just to track along with me here, I'm not talking about your job. Not yet. We'll get to that. Just work in general. What do you work on? Work. Work has a way of benefiting us. It's fruitful. It's productive. We work on stuff, and it helps us. It also typically helps others work. We like to help others. We like to, if it's nothing, nothing more than helping your family, we like to help make other people's lives better. We work. Sometimes we're uh, working at jobs. Sometimes we're working around the house. Sometimes it's honeydew list, right? Sometimes uh, you may be retired in here today. But you still work. You do something. It could be a hobby. It could be a craft. 
that you're still producing. It might be working with your brain, might be working with your physical body. You might be a stay-at-home mom. You might be a student. You might be a parent. And how many of you know there's a lot of work when you're a parent? We work. Um, some people are gifted in certain areas where you um, are crafty with your work. And, you, you know, I, I, love, I love it. People who write music, people who paint, people who are artists, people who are crafty, people who can use their giftings to help other people. Um, you know, I mentioned this, but intellectual work. Sometimes we don't consider you know, intellect or using our brain as work. As a matter of fact, there's typically two categories when it comes to jobs, and it's either using your brain or using your back, right? And it's interesting because just like the rivalry between the North and the South, rivalry between the Cowboys and the 49ers, the rivalries that exist out there, you know, there's rivalries between people who work with their brains and people who work with their backs. People who work with their brains think they're smarter than people who work with their backs, right? We, we, we've heard phrases they've come up with, like work smarter, not harder, right? Some of you, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Others of you, if you work with your back, you kind of like mock the people who work with their brain. That ain't work, right? right? If it's not picking something up, you don't have dirty hands, you don't have dirt under your fingernails, you don't work. Let me see your hands. You don't work. You know, there's this rivalry there, but it is work. Whether you work with your brain, you work with your back or your hands, work is work. There's chores, there's duties, there's things we do around the house, there's things we do in the yard, there's things we do in the community. It's all kinds of work. When we talk about work, the top motivator for work is the desire to be productive or fruitful. And this is wired in us by God. God designed us to be productive and fruitful. In Genesis chapter 1, we see in verse 28, and God blessed them, talking about the first man and woman, right? He blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Come on, somebody say, be fruitful and multiply. That's what God has wired inside of you and each one of us, to be fruitful and multiply. And there's no expiration date on that. There's no expiration date on that fruit. We do that from the time we're young to the time we're old. We're fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God wired us to be productive and to be fruitful. Um, work was God's idea, and we see that here. It wasn't just our idea. Well, I got to work. I got to do something. It was God's idea. We see that uh, God even worked six days. And rested one. It's in the Ten Commandments when he says, you know, honestly, I've been a Christian for 30 plus years and I haven't even thought of it this way. But in the Ten Commandments, he says to to honor the Sabbath day, keep it holy. And then right after that, he says, the Lord worked six days and rested one. The Lord worked. And we're made in his image. We're made like him. We should desire to be fruitful and to be productive. Contrary to what some people believe, work is not a curse. If you've read the book of Genesis, you know Adam and Eve sinned, and soon after they were cursed, and we think sometimes work is a curse. Matter of fact, some of you, you go to work, and you think it's a curse. Some of you have got to go to work later today. Some of you go to work tomorrow morning, Mondays, Mondays. Oh my gosh, I hate Mondays. I hate my job. It's work. It's a curse. It's the curse of Adam. When I see Adam, I'm going to tell him, why did you do this? Because I have to work. No, work was before the curse. 
God designed us to work. There is a curse, and that's another story for another day. But in Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. This is before he sinned. And he said, work it and keep it. Work it and keep it. So we are designed by God to work. And we think about work. We, um, well, again, there's two different types of people. There's those that just like, oh, I got to go to work. And then there's those few, maybe that's you, who are like, I get to go to work. <laughs> two types of people. This is uh, the first type of person here would be, show me that next picture, Eva. Yeah, this is, this is kind of, yeah, I've been this guy, right? The early bird can get the worm because worms are gross and mornings are stupid. As for people who don't like to get up and go to work. But then there's those few, there's those few, next slide, that are more like this. I woke up early and there was no worm. Look at that grumpy face. That's what I think about morning people right there, grumpy faces. And so no amount of coffee makes mornings good, right? But there's, there's two types of people in there we consider work, you know, and some people love it. Some people struggle with work. Um, but at the end of the day, God is productive. And because we are made in his image, we too are to be productive and work and work. Let me just take a quick poll. Hands up if you would agree here. You love to work with your hands. Work with your hands. You love to work with your hands. Look at how many people are not raising their hands right now. Wow. I put your hands down. How many of you, let's just, let's have a little fun. How many of you are like to work early? You get up early, work early. Look at you poor fellows. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And then who would rather, if it was up to you, work later in the afternoon, later in the day? Yes. Yes. Me too. Yes, Nancy. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for the last group of people, how many of you hate work? Anybody? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. Quickly put your hands down so we don't mock you. But, but for, the sake, for, the sake of, for the sake of the sermon, we understand. Now, work is not our job. Work is just working. It's being productive, being fruitful, and we'll come circle back around to that. But we want to dial in because there is a type of work that is our jobs, right? We have a job. One of the ways we work is a job. And maybe, maybe you know, when we say the word job, you're like, well, I have my own business. So just kind of lump it in there. You could be the owner. You could be the employer. You could be the manager. You could be whatever part, your contractor or whatever it may be. But when we talk about what we do for money, right? And we need money. We, we need money to live. It's the, the thing we pay our bills with. So we need money. So we have to have a job and it is a type of work. Uh, you might have a professional job, right? Where you went to school a lot of years and a lot of learning to be what you are. Or you might be a laborer. You might work from home. There's so many different varieties and everything in between. But when you work for money, you do something to exchange for money. We're talking about the job. The top motivator for having a job is provision. So the top motivator for work is productivity. It's being fruitful. But the top motivator for having a job is provision because we need food and we need hot water. Y'all ever, y'all ever had your hot water heater break? Or just, just, just a quick story here. A couple weeks ago, I noticed that we had a leak at our house. And so we had leak detector people and the plumbers and all came out and searched it all up. And we had a busted hot water line underneath our slab at our house. And so we worked hard to find a plumber to come out and, and, and thankful for some dear friends. We were able to break open the slab and locate kind of where it was and the 
man, but in the meantime, cold showers in the morning are miserable. I have a renewed appreciation for hot water. I love hot water, y'all. This morning, I had a hot shower, and it was so good. I, but a cold shower is, have you ever, have you ever had just a cold shower, you know, just like icicles? You know, Justin probably does it for therapy, you know, like daily, yes, daily. Yeah, yeah. So we work hard to be able to fix our plumbing when it breaks. And so the job, everyone has been, been given the capacity for work. And while work can be expressed in many ways, working a job would be considered essential work. Working a job would be considered essential work. And because it is essential work, we're, well, we're exposed in many ways when we go to our jobs and work. We're usually around people. Maybe you work from home in a closet in your bedroom. But, but most people go to work and they're exposed. And work has a way, work has a way being on a job has a way of exposing your character, exposing your character. And I would like to say it's an opportunity, but for some, you would be the opposite of that. Like, no, 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 I don't want people to see my character flaws. But it's true, work and being on the job has a way of exposing our character, whether we're prompt or not. Come on, everybody, y'all know that one employee that always shows up late Right, you know, and they're always like, traffic was so bad as they were holding their latte, you know, like, you went through the coffee line, didn't you? Uh, but, but being on time for work, being on time for work is, well, it's, it's a character quality and, and it does show promptness. It shows that you, you can take responsibility. So it's an opportunity. Others would dispute that. Getting along with others is uh, a character quality that we get to to live in when we go to the job, when we go to the job. Now, and and let me just stop and say, you know, if you're a student here today, it would be synonymous, going to your classroom, going to your sports team. Those are all opportunities for other people to see your character on display. And so it'd be the same. You're going to school to one day either own your own business or to have a job working for a business, right? And so um, it's, it'd be synonymous, so just don't want to leave you out. But it is an opportunity for us to show promptness, getting along with others. Sometimes, sometimes you can be mean and you cannot get along at home, but then when you go to the job and you have to get along with people, and it's not always easy because people are knuckleheads. Y'all know that? And we got to try to get along with them. And then, you know, we find ourselves saying things about those people, not to their face, of course, but on social media, because, you know, I mean, it's kind of like free, free, free reign there, right? We can just say things, getting along with others. Being responsible with what's not yours. You know, when you go to work for somebody else and you're using their equipment and you're using their, maybe their vehicle, if you have a company vehicle, or you're using their products, you're, you're representing them, you're being responsible with what's not yours. Opportunity for you to display your character qualities that everybody sees and, and watches you, um, your willingness or your ability to submit to authority, um, just showing up and doing what's right. The job gives us great opportunities to display healthy, quality, good character, good character. I mentioned how sometimes when we don't get along at work, we talk about people um, 
It's easy to fall into the habit of, of, of being critical of others. It's easy to fall into the habit of, of gossiping about others. You know, I, I really believe God's watching. Remember, he, he instituted work. So work, specifically on the job, it was, it was God's idea. And when we're at work, and for us, it, the main motivator is provision, but I believe there's a, a, a bigger thing happening there. God's watching. God's watching us and how, how we treat others, how we treat someone who's in authority over us. I, I really believe that God's watching to see if we're going to treat our boss's stuff like it was our own, you know, like, like treat it with great respect and honor, or if we're going to abuse our boss's stuff. Sadly, I think that sometimes we, again, we, we maybe we don't have the, the quality of character to do this, but sometimes we find ourselves stealing from our bosses, and it may be in little ways, but it's without their knowing, without their approval. And you know, you might be getting away with that, but God's watching, and you're not getting away with that. There's a scripture in the Bible, and, and, and I am going to take it a little bit out of context, but it, it, it does have meaning here, and it, and it fits. But I don't think God's okay with this. But it says that those who are faithful and little will be made rulers over much. And I, I really believe, according to what the scripture says, that God's watching us. Are we faithful with those things on the job? Are we faithful? Ernie, you work for, for the county. You, you, you have a truck. You have opportunity to, to show your love for Jesus by doing what's right with what's been trusted to you. And yes, your bosses are watching and hopefully, you know, and, and holding you accountable, but God is too. And God's watching and he sees the moments when you could deceive your boss. He sees the moments when you could gossip about your coworker. He sees the moments when you could steal something, you know, oh, they, they won't miss a little $20 here, $20. They won't miss that. I mean, they've got, they've got thousands and thousands of dollars coming in. Come on, guys. They won't miss $20, right? You know, and doop, doop, in the pocket. You know, and, and you're thinking you got away with it, and God's going, I cannot trust you. I can't trust you. The job is the place. The, the classroom, for those that are students, is the place where we're, 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 we're living out our relationship with God. We're showing this is what God looks like. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, these are Christian characteristics. Yes. And people are watching. If we're going to have work goals, we have to dial in and say, I want to be of good quality character on the job where everybody can see it. I want to be the guy that everybody says, he don't talk about nobody. He don't gossip. I want to be the one that the, 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 the manager or the supervisor say, I can trust her with anything. I'd give her the key to my house. I trust her. We want to be the people that are accountable, not just to the managers and the bosses, but to our God on the job. The job is a place for us to be exposed Unfortunately, sometimes we do slip and fall. And let, let, me, let, me, let me address that. Sometimes we do slip and fall. Sometimes we do wrong things. Now, let's, let's just say it's not illegal. But sometimes we do something, we make a mistake, or we let's just use a lie. We lie to our boss. The boss says, hey, did you take care of that customer? Did you take care of that contract? And let's just say, you know, on a weekday, 
week, not a weekday, but a week, W-E-A-K day, where you're weak. And let's just say you lie and you, you say, I took care of it, boss. And hopefully the Holy Spirit right then says, no, you didn't. <laughs> right? Hopefully you're hearing from God. But let's just say you get away with it that day. As a Christian, as someone who loves God, you gotta, you got to clean that off your conscience. you got to get right here. Those are opportunities where you go back and you say, you know what, boss, I lied to you yesterday. I was wrong, and I want you to know I apologize. That's not who I am. And God convicted me of that, and, and I, I won't do that ever again. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> or your coworker, your, your coworker hears you talking bad about your boss. Man, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's a knucklehead, you know. I don't know what's wrong with him. I can't believe she did that. I cannot believe. I just, uh, there's something wrong. You know, you're, you're negative towards your boss. Your coworker hears it. You said it right in front of your coworker. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will convict you and you'll go back and apologize to that coworker and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong. That's not who I am. That's not a proper representation of Christ. You see how important the job is? You see how important it is that we understand that we, as believers, are on display. Peter talks about it in his writings to the church, and he says, you know, live right before people so they can see, so they can see what it means to be a Christian, so they can see what God is all about. People's, you know, there's a lot of people who've never read the Bible, and their whole idea of what God is and what God says is coming through what they see in you. And it's heavy. It's a great responsibility. And when we misrepresent Jesus, it's irresponsible. You know, the Bible even has some stern warnings about people who won't work for provision in 2 Thessalonians. This is just how, this is how serious the Bible is about this. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, If anyone is not willing to work, and this is talking specifically about a job, you know, doing something in exchange for, for provision. It says, let him not eat. Do y'all see that? That's in the Bible. Like, like, that's pretty heavy. That's consequences that the Bible lays down. Now, I mean, I will be honest with you. I'm not going to let somebody go hungry. You know, I'm not like, no, nope, you're not working this week. You're not eating. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> you kids, you didn't do your chores. No supper for you. That's, that's not, that's, you're going to have a malnutrition kid. But it, but it is, it's in the Bible. There is a point where you're like, and, and in the culture of that day is they lived day to day. They didn't live paycheck to paycheck. They lived day to day. And if someone's not willing to work, there's a stern warning. So the Bible is very serious. God is very serious about us having work goals and being responsible. A good question to ask. Am I providing for those I'm responsible for? Maybe another question you would ask is, how could I be more creative with my gifts? I think one of the things that has helped me over the years is being in uh, small groups with other men and being able to run things by them, be able to say, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, thinking about changing this in my life, or I need help, I need help on the job, I, or I need to make more money. 
Any ideas? To be able to sit around with other people and hear them say, you know what, I tried this one time, it worked well for me. Or, man, did you know so-and-so was looking for a guy the other day? You know, it's being in relationship with other people and not trying to figure it all out on my own. When we talk about having work goals, it's saying, you know what, what can I do to best honor God? Aim to please God. Now, there's a, another area of work besides the job that does somewhat overlap with the job for some, but there's another area that we should set work goals in, and that's the area of vocation. Now, as I've used these words, work and job and vocation, we could split hairs on the, you know, the various meanings of these things, but for the for the sake of the message here today, your vocation is something you could say it's what you exist for. It's your calling. We use that word in the church in a funny way, you know. Uh, you feel called to preach, brother, but that's not what we're talking about here. Calling. I believe everybody has a calling. I believe everybody has a calling to something. A calling to serve, a calling to give, a calling to lead, a calling to hospitality, a calling to something. We're gifted to do something. Craftsmanship, leadership. Uh, we're called. So what's your calling? What is your passion, your purpose? It's that next level. We got work. We've got a job, but what is your vocation? What is your calling? I believe that vocation is different than a job because in a job, its primary focus is your function. What do you do, right? But I believe vocation is more about what's your purpose. So it would be purpose over function, purpose being more important than function. Your purpose is more about being than doing. It's who I am, not necessarily what I do. So what's, what's, what's your vocation? What's your, what's your calling? Interestingly, sometimes people find themselves in a job that allows them to do their vocation, to, to do their calling. They're like, no, this is what I was made to do. Um, sadly, other times there are people who find themselves miserable, miserable in their jobs. It very well could be because they're not called to that type of job, that type of work. Maybe if you look at your, if you look at your gifts, what, what are you really good at? What are you really good at? You good at working with your hands? Me, I pick up a tool and I just start bleeding. I don't know what it is. I am not called to mechanic work. I can tell you that now. Uh, I had a, had, a, had a mower. I couldn't even get the blade off one time. I was under there with the ratchet trying to get the blade off. Busted my knuckles five or six times. Blood everywhere. Got all cleaned up and band-aids all over my hands, and I, I humbled myself and I text Brad and I said, Brad, I, I got a mower blade that won't come off. And I saw Brad come in, he drove his truck around, then I saw him leave. I'm like, well, he got back there and saw how hard it was and left. And he called and said, Hey, it's off. That quick, just like that. No blood at all. Just Brad has a gift to work with his hands, right? Others of you, you're, 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 maybe your you're gifting or your calling is more, you know, in the medical realm. You know, I think, when I think of, of a calling, I think of a nurse, someone who feels passion as a teenager to, to, to help others, to serve others, right? To make other lives better, physical health. And, and you go to school forever to do that, and, and you become this professional nurse, right? And, and, you, and you get to work in that career field, and you get to serve other people. Every day you get to, to help people get better, and they walk away better and smiling, and you're like, da-da-da, I did it again. <laughs> now that's, that's a calling. 
That's, that's working in your, your purpose. Others of you, it might be accounting or banking. Others of you, owning your own business and being fulfilled and starting up businesses and, and raising up you know, managers and then starting a new business or, or just, man, just pouring your life into that business and buying product and displaying product and selling product and doing it all over again. And you're so fulfilled that you go home at night and you're like, this was a good day. Y'all know what I mean? You know what I mean? How many of you know what I mean? Just like you go home from work at the end of the day and you're like, I've been fruitful. I enjoyed this. This was fun. Man, I would do this even if they didn't pay me. All right, that's taken too far, right? <laughs> but oftentimes it does overlap, but there's so many times where, where it doesn't overlap, where there's a gap there, where, where you hate what you do. You go through the grind, you know. It reminds me of that old song by Hoyt Axton. I mean, who's old in here? Because Nancy, you got to remember that. We're the same age, I know. You've never heard of Hoyt Axton? Hoyt Axton. Anybody heard of Hoyt Axton? Am I the only one? Thank you. Thank you. Jay, I knew it. I was going to call you out too, but I had to pick on Nancy first. But no, no, there was a song back in the 70s, I think it was. It was, it was, you work your fingers to the bone. What do you get? Bony fingers. It might have said bloody fingers. I wasn't going to say that because I've already talked about blood. But that's the way you feel when you go home at the end of the day. Like, I've given my all, and I'm miserable now. I don't want to go back tomorrow, but i got to go back because i got to have a paycheck. So you've got a gap there between your job and what you're called to do, your purpose. And so here we are talking about work goals today in church. And I believe that for some of you, if you would go home and you would pray and you would say, God, first of all, help me. Help me to really clearly understand what I was made to do. If it's work with my hands or work with people or to help people, to serve people, or to, to hide off in an office and do stuff with a pencil and then make people's lives better by doing that, you know? What was I made to do? And then, God, would you help me find productive and fruitful work in this area where I can walk away from my job and feel the way others do? Work was God's idea, guys. And God wants to help you find the type of work that's fulfilling to you. And I know I'm leaving some gaps in here. because Some of you, you don't actually go to a 9 to 5. Working 9 to 5. Sorry, just came into my head. Some of you don't go to a 9 to 5. Some of you, you work from home. Or some of you, you're a stay-at-home mom, and your work is taking care of the family and nurturing them and raising them up. And, and praise God. I mean, that's your work. And if that's fulfilling to you, if it's not, you're in trouble because you can't get away from the kids. But it, hopefully it is fulfilling to you as a mother or a father, what, whatever that place is for you. But, but, but pray and ask God. God, would you help me to find my calling and then help me to find work I, I, I taught something like this one time. It was years ago, and I had a, had a lady come up to me um, a couple weeks later, and she said, Pastor Mike, I heard what you said, and God really convicted me, and I, I quit my job. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, Lord, what have I done? <laughs> and she said, no, I, I quit my job, and I got, a, I got a new job, and I love what I do, and I'm actually looking forward to going to work now. And I just thought, wow, that, that's a win. That's a win. We don't, we don't have to be miserable. God never intended on us to be miserable. Although, 
He did, he did put a curse on Adam and Eve, and there are some work where you're going to get bloody knuckles. There is some work where it's going to be difficult, and God's watching. He's watching. Are you going to still be faithful even when the work is hard? Are you going to be responsible even when you don't feel like it? You know, the older I get, the less I feel like doing manual labor. I still have to do it from time to time, but I, some of you older than me, you know what I'm talking about. It's not always easy, but, but God's watching, and I've got to be responsible. When I truly discover who I am, it will greatly impact what I do. It's not just about the money. It's, it's about pleasing God. And it's about being fulfilled. Being fulfilled in this life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And some people would say, well, that's good deeds. you know. That's, and, and I know that... That's another sermon for another day. Yeah, we do good deeds. But also for the everyday, for the everyday job, for the everyday work, in and out of the house, around others. God has stuff prepared for us to walk in, to glorify Him, and to be fulfilled. Am I doing what I am called to do? What I'm burdened to do? If not, what's keeping me from following my passion? Those are questions to answer. What's keeping me from following my passion? Is it, is it my fear? Is it my fear that I can't do anything else? And Let me just tell you, with God, all things are possible. There's more. There are other things that you could do. If you're here today and you're like, Pastor, you're hitting it right on the, right on the nail on the head. I, this is me. I'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow. But I am saying be praying. What's keeping me from following my passion? What are some things that I can do to take my next step towards my calling? At the end of the day, we work with the aim of pleasing God, of glorifying God. We go to our jobs to please God first. To get a paycheck, yes, but to please God first. The passions that we have in us, the gifts that God's given us, or for our vocation, and we do that with the aim of pleasing God. Our work goal should be aimed at serving God, at pleasing God, no matter what we do. Some of you know this scripture, but in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, so whatever you do, right? Whether we're talking about working around the house, cleaning up the yard, or we're talking about going to work on a job, or being on a sports team, or being in a club at school or being in a class, whatever you do, work heartily. I mean, give it your all. People are watching. And don't forget, God's watching too. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. I mean, that's a whole brand new way of seeing things. Some of you know, you're like, yep, pastor, I do it every day. But others of you, this is maybe the first time you've ever heard that. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to your job on Monday or that's tomorrow. When you go to your job or your business or your class tomorrow, your sports team practice, do what you do as if God was the coach, as if God was the teacher, as if God was the boss, as if God was holding you accountable, because He is. Work heartily. Work hard. Give it your all for Him. Whether your boss deserves your effort or not, and honestly, He does, but 
Maybe you don't think so. Don't do it for him. Do it for God. I'm going to tell you, people are watching. People are watching. Here's the crazy thing. They want you to fail. Because then they can say, see, I was right by not being a Christian. But at the exact same time, they want you to succeed because they're hopeless and they want to know that God changes lives and he can do something with you, he can do it with me. And they're looking to see that God has done something in you that causes you to be different. And the place they see you is on the job. The place they see you is when you're working. The place they see you is on the team, on the, on the, on the, in the classroom, in the club, whatever. You know, not the bar, but the, you know, the school club. <laughs> and I clarify, my pastor said I can go to the club. I quit my job and went to the club. That's <laughs> what he preached. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You're serving Jesus. Your greater reward's in heaven. Your greater reward is stored up for you, waiting for you. It's much greater than the paycheck at the end of the week. Let me, let me give you some walkaways, okay? Just, just some thoughts to take home with you. Number one, we're going to put them on the screen. Put up the next slide. Doing all that we do for the Lord, right? Look for opportunities to glorify God as you work. Look for opportunities. You're going to be thinking about this, Ron. You're going to be thinking about this tomorrow sitting at your desk there, and people are going to come in, and you're going to be thinking about what, what we preach today. You're going to be thinking about, okay, people are watching me. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. Maybe you have. But, you, but, but we're, we're going to be thinking. We're going to be thinking, people might be watching me today. And I've got I to work as unto the Lord. I've got to do this with integrity. I've got to do this right. And look for opportunities. Look around you and see that people aren't watching you. Look for opportunities to glorify God and do it right. Do it right. Stand up tall. Show up on time. That might be a goal for you. <laughs> Show up on time. And Rhonda's thinking, I work from home. I'm always there. I'm always on time, right? Show up on time. You might shock everybody if you're the late person. I was thinking that earlier. I wasn't going to say it, but now I am because it's, I, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. Everybody knows somebody who's that late person, right? And if you don't know nobody, it's probably you. Okay, I said it. So show up on time. Work with integrity. Quit stealing the company pins. When I was in the military, that was the thing. Every now and then, the supervisor would walk through and say, where are all the pins? They were in my drawer at home. I knew where they were. I, I just took one a day. Because, I mean, it was in my, right? It was in my pocket. I didn't think about it. Went home. Oh, I got a pin. Threw it in my drawer. Next day, new pin. <laughs> I had like 100 pins in my drawer at home. Property of the U.S. government. Stop stealing. No. It, you get it? So what can I do? What are the opportunities to glorify God as you work? And again, I don't want to say just the job. Just around the house. Maybe the neighbors are watching. Imagine that. This might be stepping on toes. But the neighbors are looking at your house, your yard. Does it represent God? I might be over the top. Y'all might not like me no more. I don't care. The neighbors are watching, and I, I just want to glorify God. What can I do? Maybe, maybe, you know, pick up the trash. Number two, allow. Okay, this is heavy. You ready? Play Nancy, because this is heavy. Allow the inconveniences of your job to sanctify you. I don't like my job. I don't like what I have to do. I don't like what my boss has me to do, but do it anyway and let it do something to you. Let it shape you into godliness. Let it sanctify you. Let it bring you to a place where you say, I repent 
of being the gossip. I repent of being the, the complainer or the whiner. I repent of being that person. And you know what, God, I'm going to work for you. And, and I, I want this to sanctify me, to make me pure and more like Christ. What is that thing in your life that's the hammer? Don't say your wife. Don't say your husband. Don't do that. What is that thing in your life that's, that's the hammer that's forging you out? What's that thing that is like the, like the, the furnace that's, that's allowing God to shape you and mold, mold you? And I would say for many, it's your job or it's your work. I think about... I think about... I, I think about our soccer team, Mariah. Those little girls, they come out and they trust us as coaches. We coach this little U10 soccer team. And there's one little girl that she, she, she does whine a lot. She's the whiner and everybody knows it. And there's times when we don't let her do what she wants to do. And she gets huffy and, you know, and all the other little girls are looking at her like, what's wrong with her, you know? And she's standing there all huffy. And sometimes I think about people. I think about, I don't know if this is you or not, but sometimes at your job, you might be like, you do that. Boss won't let you do it. You won't let you take that afternoon off, you know. You want to go to the beach with your friends. Some of you got your arms crossed now. I'm looking at you. No, I'm just picking. I'm just picking. I'm just picking. Andy and Courtney over here. Andy's the boss. He can do what he wants to do. No, you know, it's, it's God's using those things in your life to break away some of the bad character. And I mean, look, he put this in the pastor's heart to preach today. We need this. And lastly, experience the rewards of serving God in all things. No matter what you do, do it unto the Lord. The Bible says there's rewards from him. Enjoy those things. Enjoy the fruit of your productivity, of your work. Look at it differently. I get to work. He gave me the opportunity to work. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to do it all for you, Jesus. I'm going to show you that I'm trustworthy. I'm going to show you that, 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 that I can be accountable. I'm going to show you, Jesus. And I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to repent and get back on track. Because God, I'm not doing it for what people think. I'm doing it for what you see. Show up tomorrow like that. Show up for him. Come on, Father, we, we thank you for work. And even today, just a small time together to tweak our understanding. Work comes from you. God, we do repent where we've fallen short. And we ask, God, that you would help us. Help us this week to lift our eyes a little higher, to set some goals, no matter what, stage of life we find ourselves in, to set some goals concerning work, to become more like Christ, to display the goodness of God before, before men, to bring you glory. That's our prayer. That's our prayer. Come on, right now, nobody's looking. Everybody's alone with God. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, and he's, maybe he's convicting you right now. His spirit is showing you your great need for Jesus. The Bible tells us that, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And God saw that and he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that we could be saved, so that we could be rescued from our sin. 
The Bible says if we'll believe in our hearts that Jesus died for our sins and we'll confess it with our mouths that we would be saved. Nobody's looking around right now. But right there in that seat, right where you are, if that's you, if that's you and you're ready to say yes to Jesus and the Spirit of God is convicting you, let me lead you in a simple prayer. Just say, just say to God, just say something like this. Say, God in heaven. Come on, help me out, folks. Say, God in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. I turn from them today, and I ask you to save me. I invite you, God, come live inside of me. Teach me to know you. Teach me to love you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And tell him this. Say, God, I receive all of you, and I give you my whole life today. In Jesus' name, amen.